Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. You know, there is nothing like the presence of God that just realigns things in your life. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. Let me tell you, when you prioritise getting in His presence above all else, everything comes into perspective. And so i got a message here that I'm going to try and preach, so bear with me. And it's called the power of praise. Do we have any praises in the house? Okay, not bad, not bad, not bad. Okay, I've got a few here, all right. I'm believing by the end of it, we will all be praises. If you've got your Bible, why don't you turn to... Uh, Acts chapter 16, and uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read everything. We're going to start in verse 25. However, I need to give you a bit of background. This is possibly one of my favourite stories in the book of Acts. There's two guys, Paul and Silas. They're going about their daily routine. The Bible says that they're going to the temple to pray, as was their custom, and, and they go there, and there is a young girl who unfortunately is, is possessed and she's being used in order to tell people's future and make other people rich. She was a, a slave girl. And the interesting thing is every time Paul and Silas go into the temple, she can see them and she yells out, there go two men of whom serve God Almighty. And, and so she starts, now day one, this happens, day two, day three, day four, I don't know how many days went past before all of a sudden Paul got a little bit, the Bible says, exasperated. And turns to her and says, come out of her. She gets totally set free in her right mind again. And God brings a breakthrough. But here comes the problem. Is her owners now realising that their ability to gain wealth has gone. They turn a group of people against them. Can I just say that sometimes when we step out and we, break, and we see a breakthrough happens, it doesn't go quite the way that we planned it. We have to be prepared to rely on who God is in the midst of breakthrough, regardless of whatever happens, and understand that He holds us right in the palm of His hand. That's where He holds us. No matter what we may be facing, it goes on, and we're going to pick it up here in, in verse 25. They've been thrown into jail. Actually, we're going to start in verse uh, 22. It says, the mob, the mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. Then they were thrown into the prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet and, in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners could hear, uh, the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop! Don't kill yourself, we're here. And the jailer called for the lights to run uh, to the dungeon and fell down and trembled before Paul and Silas. And he, and he sorry, he brought them out and asked, asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Then he replied, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everybody in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. 
even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds, and he, had, he and everyone in the household were immediately baptised and he brought them into his house and set a meal before them and he and the entire household rejoiced because all they all believed in God. This is a phenomenal story. But before we get anywhere, let's pray. God, help. I need it. And God, I also ask, Lord, you would just speak to our hearts. God, you've already done such a work within us, but God, I pray that we would secure our foundation on your word, that we would be a generation that know who we are, know whose we are, and that we know the word of God above all else. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone said? Have you ever woken up and uh, you're going about your day and it just seems to be that one thing after another like does not go to plan, And you have that moment where you go, you know what, it probably would have been better if I just stayed in bed. You ever had one of those days? I had one the other day. We've we've moved into a new house and the difference is we now have two stories. So usually when my son Roman uh, like maybe is crying during the night because he hasn't got his dummy and we go and settle him, I'm used to just walking on the same level into his room, give him his dummy, out, back into bed, no questions asked. But this time I get get out of bed, which like it's a smaller room, so I nearly hit the wall on the way out. And I get to the stairs and I go to put my foot where I think the step is. Can anyone tell me what's going to happen? Then I have a, my, my toe screams to me at the top of its lungs, because it has lungs, and just yells like, what are you doing, you imbecile? Didn't you realise the step was a little bit further? And so I get up there, he's crying, I'm crying, I'm trying to find where the dummy is, like it's all going pear shape. I get him down, get to bed, then I get up later on and I'm, I'm going, uh, getting myself going and I get to washing my hair and I go to hit the shampoo bottle, but guess what? There's no shampoo there. And now I'm wet, so now I have the decision make, do I get out to go get the new bottle of shampoo and fear slipping on the floor like it was just one thing after another. I was driving, driving into, into work here and all of a sudden I hit the highway and it's just, I've never experienced traffic like I have in Melbourne. <laughs> just one thing after another. I'm like, I should have just stayed in bed. You know, there are times in our life where they're, they're, as, they're as funny as that is, but there are other times where we get up out of bed and the reality is we, feel, we are carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders. But let me tell you, in the midst of that, whether it's something comical or some things just aren't going right, or maybe there's an incredibly difficult situation you're facing, God has actually equipped you as His child, as His sons and daughters, with weapons in order to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and come out the other side. Not set up camp there. So many people are setting up camp in the valley instead of actually doing what God told us to, which is to walk through it. And He's actually given us a weapon that we can use. It's called praise. Do you realise you have a weapon called praise? And it's accessible to whenever you want to access it. It's not like, you know, I have to wait until Pastor Joel comes and, and plays the keys in that certain way and then all of a sudden all is right in the world. I have to wait until the lead... Uh, the, uh, Whoever's leading comes and leads me in my car and just worships me. Not me, but whatever happens. Like, it's actually something that you and I have in every season and we have the ability to use it. 
And I want to talk about, there are four things that I believe praise does to us and for us that if we recognise the power within it, we would use it every day. The moment we wake up, we would praise. The moment we would get to work, we would praise. And I'm just not talking about singing a song because the reality is not all of us are gifted and, and, and like that and some of us don't, shouldn't actually probably sing out loud. <laughs> like me. But there is the ability for us to praise. The first thing is, is that praise realigns our heart. Praise realigns our heart. You see, in, in this uh, scripture here, we see Paul and Silas, they've, they've been through a circumstance, they've seen tremendous breakthrough happen, and they're in a place they never thought they would be. They're in this position that they never thought that they should be, and now they're there. Now, every sane person would not be praying and, and singing hymns under God, except someone who is passionate and recognises the tools that they've got in their belt. And so we see here that, that in the midst, it said, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I looked this up in the, in the original Greek, and I'm no scholar, so please bear with me. But the, the part here saying singing hymns to God is actually the word homineo. I think that's how you pronounce it. But it actually means to him, sing a religious ode or to celebrate God in song. So there's actually the ability for us to position God in our life where he should be, rather than sometimes where we do position it. Sometimes, I'll, I'll leave that for a minute. So you see in this, in this part here, oh, actually, let me go back a minute. So I've got a million things going through my mind right now, and so I just need to slow down and, uh, and get there. Um, I had this, uh, this car, this little brown Honda Civic, and uh, it has a very warm place in my heart, uh, yep, that's exactly what it looked like too. Uh, and, and this was actually the car that I actually picked up my now wife in for our first date. It has significant moments of memory in my life and unfortunately now it's rusting in my, uh, in, in my, at my old college uh, because it's now a, a motor mechanic car that they use to teach motor mechanics. But uh, this car was an amazing car. It was one of the first cars that I'd, I'd actually been given it to by a lady in the church and, uh, and it just, uh, God's favour was all over it. But the only problem with the car is you'd be driving down the highway and it would want to always veer left, veer right, whichever way. Like it just kept on wanting to do it. You'd be driving down there and all of a sudden you'd see, oh, hang on a minute, I've got to turn. You'd actually have to turn the, handing, uh, the steering wheel like 45 degrees in order to go in a straight line. <laughs> and uh, I went to the mechanic to get it serviced one day and they said, Dave, if you don't get a wheel alignment done, uh, actually, your tyres are at danger of bursting and, and therefore you're likely to have an accident. And, and I was thinking about this, I'm thinking, you know, the reality is, is that praise is the wheel alignment for our heart and our priorities. See, it actually aligns us back and puts us back in correct alignment with the way things need to be. You see, many of us, our prayer lives resemble more of a checklist that we want God to do and we treat Him more like Mr. Fix-It or hire a hubby than we do as Lord. We want Him to come in and fix up this area of our life and God, I need this and I need this and I need that. The reality is we actually need to position God where He needs to be, which is Lord of all or either He's Lord, not at all. And so praise has the ability and is the weapon that we can actually get into the place where we align ourselves. God, I know that I am not Lord of my life. You are. I was thinking about this and, and I realised 
In the Garden of Eden, when, when Adam and Eve, they had everything they ever wanted, right? They had everything they could ever need. But instead of doing things what, the way God was and aligning them, themselves with what God was, it's like they said, you yeah, know, God, this is really great, but I reckon I can do better. And so they chose to go and eat and do things their own way. I wonder how many of us actually think that, God, I can do a lot better. I know what's good for my life. But praise, what it does, it actually realigns our thinking. It realigns our heart. It realigns us into a place where it says, God, you are Lord of all. You created it all. You know what's going on. You see things far greater down the track than what I do. And so I choose to submit myself and follow you. I actually think our life would be a lot more joyous if we actually praised him every day as part of a realignment that we did. See, our first thing is to praise him because here's the thing. There's a whole lot of people that believe there is a God. But there are fewer people who actually make him Lord of their life. And so we actually need to, to understand how we can align our life and our heart by giving him praise in every season. See, once our hearts are aligned, then we're positioned to receive whatever God has. I love the way Pastor Corey says this because in the verse it talks about they were praying and singing hymns. And I love how Pastor Corey has said this before. He says that prayer is the supply line for everything that you need. The thing about it is, if you don't know where to position yourself, how do you get the supply? It's like, like the Air Force comes in and, and they're delivering the supply to the front lines. They're delivering everything that, that the front lines needs for the battle that they're facing. But the army aren't on the same page and get miscommunicated about where the drop is. This is what praise does. Praise positions us. It not only aligns us, but positions us so that the prayers that we're praying actually align with what God has for us and doing. And it positions us ready to see and do what God has called us to do. But for many of us, we allow our emotions of how we're feeling dictate the praise that comes out of our mouth. See, the thing that I love about praise is it shifts the focus off us and on who God is and how big He is. Because the reality is, you're not that good. I'm not that good. Like, I look at my life and I think, how in the world did I end up here? What, what were they thinking? But you see, what, what happens is you, when you position, you prioritise yourself, God, I'll just do whatever you want to do. God gets you to where you need to be and supplies everything that you need for what you're about to face. That's who he is. You will never receive what God has for you if you, sorry, let me say that again. You'll never receive what God has for you if it has to be on your terms. Point number three is this, is that praise is often inconvenient and costly. I mean, you think about Paul and Silas for a moment. The Bible says they've been severely beaten. They're in a deep, dark dungeon. Most probably can't see three feet in front of their own face. They're sore, they're in stocks, and their response is to praise. Like, it's at midnight. It's not like 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 5 p.m. on a Sunday. Yes, I can come and get my praise on. 
It's not, I've got somebody else leading me this morning. Yeah, it's going to be great. No, no, this is inconvenient. And oftentimes what I've found is the greatest levels of breakthrough have led when I've actually gone through inconvenience and something that's costly and I've pressed into it. I worked for Woolies for about 13 years and I worked in nearly every department uh, uh, except for the meat department, probably because they wouldn't let me play with knives. And, um, and so this particular morning, it was Monday morning and I'm on in the deli. And, uh, and what you need to know about my situation in there is I was working with a whole lot of other females that were not saved, that were not sanctified and loved to talk about ladies' things. Now, I'm a young Christian boy and look fairly innocent in, in the way. Of, and I'm like, I, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh no, I have to deal with this. You ever had that, ever had that situation? Like, I have to deal with these people. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm driving in and, and then all of a sudden I get, I get who works in, anyone work in retail? You'll, you'll understand this. I have one of those customers, one of those customers. No, it needs to be 25 and a half grams. Right, okay, you, you realise the plastic bag weighs half a gram. And, and like, it was like one of those days where customer after customer like was just having a bad day or whatever. And I'm like, like it gets to my lunch break and I'm like, I get up to the lunch table and my head hits the table. Jesus, take the wheel. Like, I'm like... What is going on? And, and in that moment, I hear God say, hey, Dave, will you praise me? I'm like, yeah, nah. <laughs> Don't you see what's going on? You see that rude customer I just had? You see that what these other well, the people I have to work with, you see what I have to put up? He's like, yeah, will you just praise me? And all of a sudden, I thought, well, I've... Things can't get any worse. I may as well try. And it kind of went through. It wasn't like one of those moments like, I'll give you up. It wasn't one of those moments like, I'm just doing this because I have to. And, um, and I'm working in the deli department and, and all of a sudden it, it starts, something starts to happen inside of me. It goes from being something I have to to all of a sudden like my, my heart gets realigned and now I'm positioned in a place and I can start to sense what God's doing. But I'm in a public place and I don't want to be that weirdo. And so what I'm doing is I'm kind of like humming while I'm out. Hey, how can I help you today? Da, 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 da. Yep, great, no worries. And, and we had this delicatessen that was like 50 metres long. And you could, you'd slide up, you'd go in and you grab it. So I'd like slide it open. Can I have like 250 of triple shaped ham? And so I'd go in there, grab it, and I'm like, I'll give you out. Like, and then coming out. Da, 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 da. Like, and I realised that other people could hear me because I, as I come out of the delicatessen, one of the other girls happened to put their head in at the same time, <laughs> looks out and is like, what are you on? But at that point, I couldn't have cared less because something had changed. You see, my heart was now aligned. There was a passion that was in me. I'm like, you know what? I, don't, I just don't care anymore. I probably already look stupid to most people anyway, so why not? Let's just go the whole way. And I realised as I'm driving home, there was a different person that was driving home to the one that drove to work. I wonder how many of us, if we woke up in the morning and prioritised praise as our first thing that we did, that our day would be totally different. I wonder how many of us, as we go into our universities, that we go in with an attitude of, God, I, I'm going to praise you regardless of what the lecturer says, regardless of what they put on my plate, whatever happens, I'm going to praise you, that we actually come into a place where it's like, you know what, I can change the world. It raises your faith and expectation for what God can do when we actually align Him and position Him where He needs to be. 
What is often inconvenient and costly to us is the catalyst for your breakthrough. I love this in verse 26. It says, suddenly. Suddenly. Now, I love how the Bible like, gives you a really clear description. And I love the suddenlies of God. But you know what I've come to realise? Is the suddenlies of God often come after weeks, days, months, years of praying, of interceding, of going after it, and then suddenly something happens. You see, praise always precedes breakthrough. Always. And it's an attitude that we need to, to actually embody and be part of. It's not that, you know what, I've got it all going on. I've just had a victory. I've had a miracle. Yeah, I'm going to praise. Because the reality is you're going to face times where you're not going to feel like praising. You're going to face times where it's difficult and it's costly. But when you make it a priority in your life, all of a sudden the suddenlies in your life just start to fall into place. And like what happens here, suddenly there was an earthquake, a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundation. Let me tell you, if there's things that look like they are set in stone, it just takes a moment with God, a suddenly moment, and all of a sudden things change. That's all it takes. But are we prepared to position our heart? Are we prepared to align ourselves and put Him on the throne? Are we prepared to consistently go? The thing that I love about this is later on the verse, it says that all the doors immediately flew open. In other words, your praise is actually the catalyst to not just your breakthrough, but to the people around you. But to the, your circle of influence. I grew up playing cricket and, um, and I was known as the Christian boy. I used to wear one of those um, push wristbands and uh, pray until something happens. Anyone? That's probably, that shows how old I am. Um, but like, I used to wear one. So I got, I got the nickname Pushy because that's just what I had. And, uh, and, but it's interesting, uh, as I just continued to, to do my thing and whatever, it's funny that after the games, we'd go back to the, to the pub and, and everyone having a meal, and the conversations, all of a sudden, it was like there was a magnet to situations that people were going through that would come to me and say, Dave, what, this is what I'm facing at the moment. I just don't know what to do. And I'd be like, why are you coming to talk to me? I'm like half your age. I've been married for 12 minutes. You're worried that you're talking to me about your marriage of 20 years? But let me tell you, when you position yourself, God brings the people around that you're to minister to and brings the suddenly moments to bring breakthrough in the world that you're in. And the thing that I love about this is all that we have to do is position ourselves. It's really not that hard. It's really pretty simple. But it will cost you something. It will cost you convenience. It will cost you time. It will cost you a moment where maybe everyone else is looking at you. It will cost you something. But I just wonder if we're prepared to pay the cost. Because actually, the Bible talks about this. It says, count the cost before you go to war. Count the cost before you step into this situation. And you know what I've come to realise is oftentimes the cost is not as great as what I think it is, but the breakthrough is far greater as far as the release and what God does. I, I, um, the band can come up. I'm, I'm pretty well finished. The rest of what you get for free. <laughs> Praise is a daily 
opportunity rather than a religious act. If, if we could just see it for what it is, then I think our heart and our attitude would totally change. This is a constant thing in my life that I, I have to keep coming back to. God, I will praise you whether I feel like it or not. The other day I was having one of those days and I just remember, Dave, you've actually been preparing this message and now's a moment for you to actually step out and do it. So I thought, well, no one else can hear me in my car. Let's go for it. Crank it up. Let's go. It's amazing how things change. 45 minutes, done. I went from being a victim to a victor. I went from being bound to set free. I look at my life and I've been incredibly blessed with so many things and opportunity that God has given me. And and I often look back at where I came from. I look back at my, my family and my family of origin. I look back to circumstances and situations. And I just kind of, the only thing I can put it down to is but the but God in my life. I, I am here where I am today. You, you need to understand something about it. My mum and dad didn't get married until my mum was 39. My mum had severe epilepsy all of her life and she actually said, God, I will not get married and have kids until you set me free from this. She came down the front for prayer one, uh, one night at prayer and got dramatically, instantly healed. She came down with epilepsy. Now this is, this is she had like shock therapy. She had, all, she had a severe medication. She had an epileptic fit so bad one time, she had one out of a moving bus. And in a moment, God healed her. My dad was 18 and he was born either without a thyroid or not a properly operating thyroid. So the thyroid helps to regulate your vital organs. And because of that, his brain wasn't as fully developed. And so he, he was quite cognitively, he, wasn't, he was struggling and found a lot of difficulty in that. And, and my mum my gets healed. And then my dad all of a sudden moves from New Zealand to Australia, happens to find my mum, gets saved in the same meeting, finds my mum a year later. They have me at 40, my brother at 41, and we're totally somewhat normal. I, I go through my life and, and the view of myself was like, you, you come from that strange, awkward family, like your dad's a bit socially awkward. My wife is laughing because she knows what I'm talking about. And like, like my view of myself literally was everybody else gets is special but me. It's like the schoolyard, you know, you line up at lunchtime, you're playing soccer and they go, I'll have you, you can have it. I was part of like the two for one deal at the end. Yeah, you take Johnny and we'll have David and so-and-so, Sandy. And I just look at my life and I'm like, how in the world, God, why did you give me the family that I have? Why have you given me all? And I can only put it down to one thing that I just kind of got in this space where I'm like, God, I don't care what it takes, God, whatever you want to do. I just position you as Lord of my life. 
And I don't get it right all the time. I'm not perfect, but I'm like, you know what? I just want Him. And I wonder if there would be a few other people that would just be like, you know what? Above all else, I'm going to have Him. I wonder if there's a few other people that are like, you know what? I don't care what someone else has said about me. I don't care what other people have told me. I don't care. I'm just going to focus on who He is. I'm going to magnify Him and He will make this jar of clay, whatever He wants to make it. And everyone else can look at the goodness of God. Why don't you stand to your feet? again. I know, I know we've been doing that and really it's been amazing. But I feel like God's still got stuff He wants to do. I, I, I've seen God do amazing miracles even in the midst of worship when no one else is praying around. That God's presence becomes so thick and tangible that sickness runs out the door. Come on, let's just Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life, and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.